section five of the mabinogen volume three by anonymous translated by charlotte guest this librivox recording is in the public domain section five math the son of methonwi math the son of methonwi was lord over gwyneth and pryderi the son of pois was lord over the one-and-twenty cantrefs of the south and these were the seven cantrefs of deved and the seven cantrefs of morganuk the four cantrefs of seradigion and the three of istrad tywi at that time math the son of methonwi could not exist unless his feet were in the lap of a maiden except only when he was prevented by the tumult of war now the maiden who was with him was gowen the daughter of peban of dolpeban in arvon and she was the fairest maiden of her time who was known there and math dwelt always at car dathel in arvon and was not able to go the circuit of the land but gilvethwi the son of dom and enid the son of don his nephews the sons of his sister with his household went the circuit of the land in his stead now the maiden was math continually and gilvethwi the son of don set his affections upon her and loved her so that he knew not what he should do because of her and therefrom behold his hue and his aspect and his spirits changed for love of her so that it was not easy to know him one day his brother gwydion gazed steadfastly upon him youth said he what aileth thee why replied he what seest thou in me i see said he that thou hast lost thy aspect and thy hue what therefore aileth thee my lord brother he answered that which aileth me it will not profit me that i should own to any what may it be my soul said he thou knowest he said that math the son of methonwi has this property that if men whisper together in a tone how low soever if the wind meet it it becomes known unto him yes said gwydion hold now thy peace i know thy intent thou lovest gowen when he found that his brother knew his intent he gave the heaviest sigh in the world be silent my soul and sigh not he said it is not thereby that thou wilt succeed i will cause said he if it cannot be otherwise the rising of gwyneth and powis and hubarth to seek the maiden be thou of glad cheer therefore and i will compass it so they went unto math the son of methonwi lord said gwydion i have heard that there have come to the south some beasts such as were never known in this island before what are they called he asked pigs lord and what kind of animals are they they are small animals and their flesh is better than the flesh of oxen they are small then and they change their names swine are they now called who owneth them Pryderi, the son of pois they were sent him from annun by arun the king of annun and still they keep that name half hog half pig verily asked he and by what means may they be obtained from him i will go lord as one of twelve in the guise of bards to seek the swine but it may be that he will refuse you said he my journey will not be evil lord said he i will not come back without the swine gladly said he go thou forward so he and gilvethwi went and ten other men with them and they came into sarah de Gion, to the place that is now called rudlan tivy where the palace of pederi was in the guise of bards they came in and they were received joyfully and gwydion was placed beside pederi that night of a truth said pederi gladly would i have a tale from some of your men yonder lord said gwydion we have a custom that the first night that we come to the court of a great man the chief of song recites gladly will i relate a tale now gwydion was the best teller of tales in the world 
and he diverted all the court that night with pleasant discourse and with tales so that he charmed every one in the court and it pleased pryderi to talk with him and after this lord said he unto pryderi were it more pleasing to thee that another should discharge my errand unto thee than that i should tell thee myself what it is no he answered ample speech hast thou behold then lord said he my errand it is to crave from thee the animals that were sent thee from anun verily he replied that were the easiest thing in the world to grant were there not a covenant between me and my land concerning them and the covenant is that they shall not go from me until they have produced double their number in the land lord said he i can set thee free from these words and this is the way i can do so give me not the swine to-night neither refuse them unto me and to-morrow i will show thee an exchange for them and that night he and his fellows went unto their lodging and they took counsel ah my men said he we shall not have the swine for the asking well said they how may they be obtained i will cause them to be obtained said gwydion then he betook himself to his arts and began to work a charm and he caused twelve chargers to appear and twelve black greyhounds each of them white-breasted and having upon them twelve collars and twelve leashes such as no one that saw them could know to be other than gold and upon the horses twelve saddles and every part which should have been of iron was entirely of gold and the bridles were of the same workmanship and with the horses and the dogs he came to pryderi good day unto thee lord said he heaven prosper thee said the other and greetings be unto thee lord said he behold here is a release for thee from the word which thou spakest last evening concerning the swine that thou wouldest neither give nor sell them thou mayest exchange them for that which is better and i will give these twelve horses all caparisoned as they are with their saddles and their bridles and these twelve greyhounds with their collars and their leashes as thou seest and the twelve gilded shields that thou beholdest yonder now these he had formed of fungus well said he we will take counsel and they consulted together and determined to give the swine to gwydion and to take his horses and his dogs and his shields then gwydion and his men took their leave and began to journey forth with the pigs ah my comrades said gwydion it is needful that we journey with speed the illusion will not last but from the one hour to the same to-morrow and that night they journeyed as far as the upper part of seradigion to the place which from that cause is called Makdrev still and the next day they took their course through melanith and came that night to the town which is likewise for that reason called Makdrev, between gary and arwistly and thence they journeyed forward and that night they came as far as the comet impois which also upon account thereof is called Maknant, and there tarried they that night and they journeyed thence to the cantref of rose and the place where they were that night is still called Makdrev my men said gwydion we must push forward to the fastnesses of gwyneth with these animals for there is a gathering of hosts in pursuit of us so they journeyed on to the highest town of arsekweth and there they made a sty for the swine and therefore was the name of kruwirion given to that town and after they had made the sty for the swine they proceeded to math the son of methonwi at kerdathel and when they came there the country was rising what news is there here asked gwydion pryderi is assembling one and twenty cantrefs to pursue after you answered they it is marvellous that you should have journeyed so slowly where are the animals whereof you went in quest said math they have had a sty made for them in the other cantreff below said gwydion thereupon lo they heard the trumpets and the host in the land and they arrayed themselves and set forward and came to penarth in arvon 
and at night gwydion the son of don and gilbethwi his brother returned to caradathel and gilbethwi took math the son of methonwi's couch and while he turned out the other damsels from the room discourteously he made gowen unwillingly remain and when they saw the day on the morrow they went back unto the place where math the son of methonwi was with his host and when they came there the warriors were taking counsel in what district they should await the coming of Pradiri and the men of the south so they went into the council and it was resolved to wait in the strongholds of gwyneth and narvan so within the two meaners they took their stand meaner penarth and meaner coed Aelin, and there Pradiri attacked them and there the combat took place and great was the slaughter on both sides but the men of the south were forced to flee and they fled unto the place which is still called nant call and thither did they follow them and they made a vast slaughter of them there so that they fled again as far as the place called dolpen main and there they halted and sought to make peace and that he might have peace Pradiri gave hostages Gwergi guastra gave he and three and twenty others sons of nobles and after this they journeyed in peace even unto Trathmar, but as they went on together towards melonrid and men on foot could not be restrained from shooting Pradiri dispatched unto math an embassy to pray him to forbid his people and to leave it between him and gwydion the son of don for that he had caused all this and the messengers came to math of a truth said math i call heaven to witness if it be pleasing unto gwydion the son of don i will so leave it gladly never will i compel any to go to fight but that we ourselves should do our utmost verily said the messengers Pradiri saith that it were more fair that the man who did him this wrong should oppose his own body to his and let his people remain unscathed i declare to heaven i will not ask the men of gwyneth to fight because of me if i am allowed to fight Pradiri myself gladly will i oppose my body to his and this answer they took back to Pradiri. truly said Pradiri, i shall require no one to demand my rights but myself then these two came forth and armed themselves and they fought and by force of strength and fierceness and by the magic and charms of gwydion Pradiri was slain and at main tririac above millenrid was he buried and there is his grave and the men of the south set forth in sorrow towards their own land nor is it a marvel that they should grieve seeing that they had lost their lord and many of their best warriors and for the most part their horses and their arms the men of gwyneth went back joyful and in triumph lord said gwydion unto math would it not be right for us to release the hostages of the men of the south which they pledged unto us for peace for we ought not to put them in prison let them then be set free said math so that youth and the other hostages that were with him were set free to follow the men of the south math himself went forward to cardathel gilvithwi the son of don and they of the household that were with him went to make the circuit of gwyneth as they were wont without coming to the court math went into his chamber and caused a place to be prepared for him whereon to recline so that he might put his feet in the maiden's lap lord said gowen seek now another to hold thy feet for i am now a wife what meaneth this said he an attack lord was made unawares upon me but i held not my peace and there was no one in the court who knew not of it now the attack was made by thy nephews lord the sons of thy sister gwydion the son of don and gilwithy the son of don unto me they did wrong and unto thee dishonour verily he exclaimed i will do to the utmost of my power concerning this matter but first i will cause thee to have compensation and then will i have amends made unto myself as for thee i will take thee to be my wife and the possession of my dominions will i give unto thy hands and gwydion and gilveth 
we came not near the court but stayed in the confines of the land until it was forbidden to give them meat and drink at first they came not near unto math but at last they came lord say they good day to thee well said he is it to make me compensation that ye are come lord they said we are at thy will by my will i would not have lost my warriors and so many arms as i have done you cannot compensate me my shame setting aside the death of pedari but since ye come hither to be at my will i shall begin your punishment forthwith then he took his magic wand and struck gilvithwi so that he became a deer and he seized upon the other hastily lest he should escape from him and he struck him with same magic wand and he became a deer also since now ye are in bonds i will that ye go forth together and be companions and possess the nature of the animals whose form ye bear and this day twelvemonth come hither unto me at the end of the year from that day lo there was a loud noise under the chamber wall and the barking of the dogs of the palace together with the noise look said he what is without lord said one i have looked there art there two deer and a fawn with them then he arose and went out and when he came he beheld the three animals and he lifted up his wand as ye were deer last year be ye wild hogs each and either of you for the year that is to come and thereupon he struck them with the magic wand the young one will i take and cause to be baptized now the name that he gave him was hydwin go ye and be wild swine each and either of you and be ye of the nature of wild swine and this day twelvemonth be ye here under the wall at the end of the year the barking of dogs was heard under the wall of the chamber and the court assembled and thereupon he arose and went forth and when he came forth he beheld three beasts now these were the beasts that he saw two wild hogs of the woods and a well-grown young one with them and he was very large for his age truly said math this one will i take and cause to be baptized and he struck him with his magic wand and he became a fine fair auburn-haired youth and the name that he gave him was hick thou now as for you as ye were wild hogs last year be ye wolves each and either of you for the year that is to come thereupon he struck them with his magic wand and they became wolves and be ye of like nature with the animals whose semblance ye bear and return here this day twelve month beneath his wall and the same day at the end of the year he heard a clamour and a barking of dogs under the wall of the chamber and he rose and went forth and when he came behold he saw two wolves and a strong cub with them this one will i take said math and i will cause him to be baptized there is a name prepared for him and that is blithone now these three such as they the three sons of gil with we the false the three faithful combatants blithwin hoden and hitchkin the tall then he struck the two with his magic wand and they resumed their own nature o men said he for the wrong that ye did unto me sufficient has been your punishment and your dishonour prepare now precious ointment for these men and wash their heads and equip them and this was done and after they were equipped they came unto him o men said he you have obtained peace and you shall likewise have friendship give your counsel unto me what maiden i shall seek lord said gwydion the son of don it is easy to give thee counsel seek arianrod the daughter of don thy niece thy sister's daughter and they brought her unto him and the maiden came in ha damsel said he art thou the maiden i know not lord other than that i am then he took up his magic wand and bent it step over this said he and i shall know if thou art the maiden then stepped she over the magic wand and there appeared forthwith a fine chubby yellow-haired boy and at the crying out of the boy she went towards the door and thereupon some small form was seen but before any one could get a second glimpse of it 
gwydion had taken it and had flung a scarf of velvet around it and hidden it now the place where he hid it was the bottom of a chest at the foot of his bed barely said mathew son of mathew concerning the fine yellow-haired boy i will cause this one to be baptized and dylan is the name i will give him so they had the boy baptized and as they baptized him he plunged into the sea and immediately when he was in the sea he took its nature and swam as well as the best fish that was therein and for that reason was he called dylan the son of the wave beneath him no wave ever broke and the blow whereby he came to his death was struck by his uncle govanion the third fatal blow was it called as widian lay one morning on his bed awake he heard a cry in the chest at his feet and though it was not loud it was such that he could hear it then he arose in haste and opened the chest and when he opened it he beheld an infant boy stretching out his arms from the folds of the scarf and casting it aside and he took up the boy in his arms and carried him to a place where he knew there was a woman that could nurse him and he agreed with the woman that she should take charge of the boy and that year he was nursed and at the end of the year he seemed by his size as though he were two years old and the second year he was a big child and able to go to the court by himself and when he came to the court gwydion noticed him and the boy became familiar with him and loved him better than any one else then was the boy reared at the court until he was four years old when he was as big as though he had been eight and one day gwydion walked forth and the boy followed him and he went to the castle of arianrod having the boy with him and when he came into the court arianrod arose to meet him and greeted him and bade him welcome heaven prosper thee said he who is the boy that followeth thee she asked this youth he is thy son he answered alas said she what has come unto thee that thou shouldest shame me thus wherefore dost thou seek my dishonour and retain it so long as this unless thou suffer dishonour greater than that of my bringing up such a boy as this small will be thy disgrace what is the name of the boy said she verily he replied he has not yet a name well said she i lay this destiny upon him that he shall never have a name until he receives one from me heaven bears me witness answered he that thou art a wicked woman but the boy shall have a name how displeasing soever it may be unto thee as for thee that which afflicts thee is that thou art no longer called a damsel now thereupon he went forth in wrath and returned to cardathel and there he tarried that night and the next day he arose and took the boy with him and went to walk on the seashore between that place and abermenai and there he saw some sedges and seaweed and he turned them into a boat and out of dry sticks and sedges he made some cordovan leather and a great deal thereof and he coloured it in such a manner that no one ever saw leather more beautiful than it then he made a sail to the boat and he and the boy went in it to the port of the castle of arianrod and he began forming shoes and stitching them until he was observed from the castle and when he knew that they of the castle were observing him he disguised his aspect and put another semblance upon himself and upon the boy so that they might not be known what men are those in yonder boat said arianrod they are cordwainers answered they go and see what kind of leather they have and what kind of work they can do so they came unto them and when they came he was colouring some cordovan leather and gilding it and the messengers came and told her this well said she take the measure of my foot and desire the cordwainer to make shoes for me so he made the shoes for her yet not according to the measure but larger the shoes then were brought unto her and behold they were too large these are too large said she but he shall receive their value let him also make some that are smaller than they then he made her others that were much smaller than her foot and sent them unto her tell him that these will not go on my feet said she and they told him thus verily said he i will not make her any shoes unless i see your foot and this was told unto her truly she answered i will go unto him
so she went down to the boat and when she came there he was shaping shoes and the boy stitching them ah lady said he good day to thee heaven prosper thee said she i marvel that thou canst not manage to make shoes according to a measure i could not he replied but now i shall be able thereupon behold a wren stood upon the deck of the boat and the boy shot at it and hit it in the leg between the sinew and the bone then she smiled verily said she with a steady hand did the lion aim at it heaven reward thee not but now has he got a name and a good enough name it is flu flaw giffis be he called henceforth then the work disappeared in seaweed and sedges and he went on with it no further and for that reason was he called the third gold shoe maker of a truth said she thou wilt not thrive the better for doing evil unto me i have done thee no evil yet said he then he restored the boy to his own form well said she i will lay a destiny upon this boy that he shall never have arms and armour until i invest him with them by heaven said he let thy malice be what it may he shall have arms then they went towards dinas din seth and there he brought up flew flaw giffis until he could manage any horse and he was perfect in features and strengthened stature and then gwydion saw that he languished through the want of horses and arms and he called him unto him ah youth said he we will go to-morrow on an errand together be therefore more cheerful than thou art that i will said the youth next morning at the dawn of day they arose and they took their way along the sea-coast up towards Win arian and at the top of Kenclednoe they equipped themselves with horses and went towards the castle arianrod and they changed their form and pricked towards the gate in the semblance of two youths but the aspect of gwydion was more staid than that of the other porter said he go thou in and say that there are here bards from glamorgan and the porter went in the welcome of heaven be unto them let them in said arianrod with great joy were they greeted and the hall was arranged and they went to meet when meet was ended arianrod discoursed with gwydion of tales and stories now gwydion was an excellent teller of tales and when it was time to leave off feasting a chamber was prepared for them and they went to rest in the early twilight gwydion arose and he called unto him his magic and his power and by the time that the day dawned there resounded through the land an uproar and trumpets and shouts when it was now day they heard a knocking at the door of the chamber and therewith arianrod asking that it might be opened up rose the youth and opened unto her and she entered and a maiden with her ah good men she said in evil plight are we yes truly said gwydion we have heard trumpets and shouts what thinkest thou that they may mean verily said she we cannot see the colour of the ocean by reason of all the ships side by side and they are making for the land with all the speed they can and what can we do said she lady said gwydion there is none other counsel than to close the castle upon us and to defend it as best we may truly said she may heaven reward you and do you defend it and here you may have plenty of arms and thereupon went she forth for the arms and behold she returned and two maidens and suits of armour for two men with her lady said he do thou accoutre this stripling and i will arm myself with the help of thy maidens lo i hear the tumult of the men approaching i will do so gladly so she armed him fully and that right cheerfully hast thou finished arming the youth said he i have finished she answered i likewise have finished said gwydion let us now take off our arms we have no need of them wherefore said she here is the army around the house o oh, lady there is here no army oh cried she whence then was this tumult the tumult was but to break thy prophecy and to obtain arms for thy son and now has he got arms without any thanks unto thee by heaven said arianrod thou art a wicked man many a youth might have lost his life 
through the uproar thou hast caused in this cantref to-day now will i lay a destiny upon this youth she said that he shall never have a wife of the race that now inhabits this earth verily said he thou wast ever a malicious woman and no one ought to support thee a wife shall he have notwithstanding they went thereupon unto math the son of mathanwi and complained unto him most bitterly of arianrod gwydion showed him also how he had procured arms for the youth well said math we will seek i and thou by charms and illusion to form a wife for him out of flowers he has now come to man's stature and he is the comeliest youth that was ever beheld so they took the blossoms of the oak and the blossoms of the broom and the blossoms of the meadow-sweet and produced from them a maiden the fairest and most graceful that man ever saw and they baptized her and gave her the name of blodweth after she had become his bride and they had feasted said gwydion it is not easy for a man to maintain himself without possessions of a truth said math i will give the young man the best cantrap to hold lord said he what cantrap is that the cantrap of dinodig he answered now it is called at this day ivan ith and ardudui and the place in the cantrap where he dwelt was a palace of his in a spot called murri castle on the confines of ardudui there dwelt he and reigned and both he and his way were beloved by all one day he went forth to car dathel to visit math the son of math and we and on the day that he set out for car dathel blodweth walked in the court and she heard the sound of a horn and after the sound of the horn behold a tired stag went by with dogs and huntsmen following it and after the dogs and the huntsmen there came a crowd of men on foot send a youth said she to ask who yonder host may be so the youth went and inquired who they were grown peber is this the lord of pen sin said they and thus the youth told her grown peber pursued the stag and by the river sinvel he overtook the stag and killed it and what with flaying the stag and baiting his dogs he was there until the night began to close in upon him and as the day departed the night drew near he came to the gate of the court verily said blowed with the chieftain will speak ill of us if we let him at this hour depart to another land without inviting him in yes truly lady said they it will be most fitting to invite him then went messengers to meet him and bid him in and he accepted her bidding gladly and came to the court and blowed with went to meet him and greeted him and bade him welcome lady said he heaven repay thee thy kindness when they had disaccruited themselves they went to sit down and blodweth looked upon him and from that moment that she looked on him she became filled with his love and he gazed on her and the same thought came unto him as unto her so that he could not conceal from her that he loved her but he declared unto her that he did so thereupon she was very joyful and all their discourse that night was concerning the affection and love which they felt one for the other and which in no longer space than one evening had arisen and that evening passed they in each other's company the next day he sought to depart but she said i pray thee go not from me to-day and that night he tarried also and that night they consulted by what means they might always be together there is none other counsel said he but that thou strive to learn from Giffis in what manner he will meet his death and this must thou do under the semblance of solicitude concerning him the next day grown sought to depart verily said she i would counsel thee not to go from me to-day at thy instance will i not go said he albeit i must say there is danger that the chief who owns the palace may return home to-morrow answered she will i indeed permit thee to go forth the next day he sought to go and she hindered him not be mindful said grown of what i have said unto thee and converse with him fully and that under the guise of the dalliance of love and find out by what means he may come to his death 
that night flu flaw giffis returned to his home and the day they spent in discourse and minstrelsy and feasting and at night they went to rest and he spoke to bodweth once and he spoke to her a second time but for all this he could not get from her one word what aileth thee said he art thou well i was thinking said she of that which thou didst never think of concerning me for i was sorrowful as to thy death lest thou shouldest go sooner than i heaven reward thy care for me said he but until heaven take me i shall not easily be slain for the sake of heaven and for mine show me how thou mightest be slain my memory in guarding is better than mine i will tell thee gladly said he not easily can i be slain except by a wound and the spear wherewith i am struck must be a year in the forming and nothing must be done towards it except during the sacrifice on sundays is this certain asked she it is in truth he answered and i cannot be slain within a house nor without i cannot be slain on horseback nor on foot verily said she in what manner then canst thou be slain i will tell thee said he by making a bath for me by the side of a river and by putting a roof over the cauldron and thatching it well and tightly and bringing a buck and putting it beside the cauldron then if i place one foot on the buck's back and the other on the edge of the cauldron whosoever strikes me thus will cause my death well said she i thank heaven that it will be easy to avoid this no sooner had she held this discourse than she sent to grown pepper grown toiled at making the spear and that day twelvemonth it was ready and that very day he caused her to be informed thereof lord said blowed weth unto thlu i have been thinking how it is possible that what thou didst tell me formerly can be true wilt thou show me in what manner thou couldst stand at once upon the edge of a cauldron and upon a buck if i prepare the bath for thee i will show thee said he then she sent unto grown and bade him be in ambush on the hill which is now called brin kevergur on the bank of the river sindal she caused also to be collected all the goats that were in the cantref and had them brought to the other side of the river opposite brin kenvergur and the next day she spoke thus lord said she i have caused the roof and the bath to be prepared and lo they are ready well said flew we will go gladly to look at them the day after they came and looked at the bath wilt thou go into the bath lord said she willingly will i go in he answered so into the bath he went and he anointed himself lord said she behold the animals which thou didst speak of as being called bucks well said he caused one of them to be caught and brought here and the buck was brought then flew rose out of the bath and put on his trousers and he placed one foot on the edge of the bath and the other on the buck's back thereupon grown rose up from the hill which is called brin kiver and he rested on one knee and flung the poisoned dart and struck him on the side so that the shaft started out but the head of the dart remained in then he flew up in the form of an eagle and gave a fearful scream and thenceforth was he no more seen as soon as he departed grown and blowedweth went together unto the palace that night and the next day grown arose and took possession of ardudui and after he had overcome the land he ruled over it so that ardudui and pensin were both under his sway then these tidings reached math the son of mathonui and heaviness and grief came upon math and much more upon gwydion than upon him lord said gwydion i shall never rest until i have tidings of my nephew verily said math may heaven be thy strength then gwydion set forth and began to go forward and he went through gwyneth and powys to the confines and when he had done so he went into arvon and came to the house of a vassal in menwar penarth and he alighted at the house and stayed there that night the man of the house and his household came in and last of all came there the swineherd said that man of the house to the swineherd well youth hath thy sow come in to-night she hath said he and is this instant returned to the pigs where doth this sow go to said gwydion every day when the sty is open she goeth forth and none can catch sight of her 
neither is it known whither she goeth more than if she sank into the earth wilt thou grant unto me said gwydion not to open the sty until i am beside the sty with thee this will i do right gladly he answered that night they went to rest and as soon as the swineherd saw the light of day he awoke gwydion and gwydion arose and dressed himself and went with the swineherd and stood beside the sty then the swineherd opened the sty and as soon as he opened it behold she leaped forth and set off with great speed and gwydion followed her and she went against the course of a river and made for a brook which is now called nant he flew and there she halted and began feeding and gwydion came under the tree and looked what it might be that the sow was feeding on and he saw that she was eating putrid flesh and vermin then looked he up to the top of the tree and as he looked he beheld on the top of the tree an eagle and when the eagle shook itself there fell vermin and putrid flesh from off it and these the sow devoured and it seemed to him that the eagle was slew and he sang in england oak that grows between the two banks darkened is the sky and hill shall i not tell him by his wounds that this is slew upon this the eagle came down until he reached the centre of the tree and gwydion sang another england oak that grows in upland ground is it not wetted by the rain has it not been drenched by ninescore tempests it bears in its branches flew giffis then the eagle came down until he was on the lowest branch of the tree and thereupon the, this england did gwydion sing oak that grows beneath the steep stately and majestic is its aspect shall i not speak it that flew will come to my lap and the eagle came down upon gwydion's knee and gwydion struck him with his magic wand so that he returned to his own form no one ever saw a more piteous sight for he was nothing but skin and bone then he went unto car and there were brought unto him good physicians that were in gwyneth before the end of the year he was quite healed lord said he unto math the son of mathenwi it is full time now that i have retribution of him by whom i have suffered all this woe truly said math he will never be able to maintain himself in the possession of that which is thy right well saith lou the sooner i have my right the better shall i be pleased then they called together the whole of gwyneth and set forth to ardudui and gwydion went on before and proceeded to mur e castell and when blodweth heard that he was coming she took her maidens with her and fled to the mountain and they passed through the river kindale and went towards a court that there was upon the mountain and through fear they could not proceed except with their faces looking backwards so that unawares they fell into the lake and they were all drowned except blodweth herself and her gwydion overtook and he said unto her i will not slay thee but i will do unto thee worse than that for i will turn thee into a bird and because of this shame thou hast done unto flew giffis thou shalt never show thy face in the light of day henceforth and that through fear of all the other birds for it shall be their nature to attack thee and to chase thee from wheresoever they may find thee and thou shalt not lose thy name but shalt be always called blodweth now blodweth is an owl in the language of this present time and for this reason is the owl hateful unto all birds and even now the owl is called blodweth then grown pepper withdrew unto pensin and he dispatched thence an embassy and the messengers he sent asked fluthlaw giffis if he would take land or domain or gold or silver for the injury he had received i will not by my confession to heaven said he behold this is the least that i will accept from him that he come to the spot where i was when he wounded me with the dart and that i stand where he did and that with the dart i take my aim at him and this is the very least that i will accept and this was told unto grown pepper verily said he is it needful for me to do thus my faithful warriors and my household and my foster brothers is there not one among you who will stand the blow in my stead 
there is not verily answered they and because of their refusal to suffer one stroke for their lord they are called the third disloyal tribe even unto this day well said he i will meet it then they too went forth to the banks of the river sendale and groan stood in the place where flew flaw giffis was when he struck him and flew in the place where groan was then said groan peber unto flew since it was through the wiles of a woman that i did unto thee as i have done i adjure thee by heaven to let me place between me and the blow the slab thou seest yonder on the river's bank verily said flew i will not refuse thee this ah said he may heaven reward thee so groan took the slab and placed it between him and the blow then flew flung the dart at him and it pierced the slab and it went through groan likewise so that it pierced through his back and thus was groan pepper slain there is still the slab on the bank of the river sindal in ardudui having the hole through it and therefore it is even now called lek groan a second time did flew flaw giffis take possession of the land and prosperously did he govern it and as the story relates he was lord after this over gwynneth and thus ends this portion of the mabinogi end of section five